Good afternoon, friends. Welcome back to the Rotobomb Podcast. Pete Davidson here, as always. It's Tuesday. So the focus of today's pod is going to be waiver wire. Um, I have a brief moment, about 15, 20 minutes of time to get this thing in. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to apologize for not getting back to you guys on Saturday. I, um, I finished recording the podcast, and literally about 20 minutes after I posted it, um, word started coming through um, on the back channels that that we'd lost uh, Mike Tagliere, and that that really took me out. It it, it it took me out for the rest of the day, and I'm, I, I apologize I didn't get back with that other stuff I was I was going to do. But truthfully, if I'd started doing DFS recommendations, I just would have been sending you guys down a, a shaky path because I just wasn't in a place to give out good information. Um, and so I just sat on my hands and really did that up to lineup block. It wasn't a it wasn't a good week. Um, and unfortunately uh, for me, it's I don't know what's going on. Um, but after I found out about tags, unfortunately, I found out that one of my very best friends, my best friend going up, um, uh, his father passed. And his father was sort of like my second father. So um, I'm going to be doing a wake uh, this week and a funeral. Not sure what my availability is going to be. So um, I will definitely be doing content, but I couldn't tell you exactly when it's going to pop up, um, how much of it there's going to be. Uh, it might be the kind of thing where some of this stuff lives and gets comes out next week or, or whatever. Um, and then next week, uh, again, sorry for all this personal stuff, but uh, I just want to let you guys know what's going on. Um, my, my father-in-law's uh, memorial service will be next weekend. Uh, and then after that, uh, I think moving into, what, I guess week week five, um, I should get back to normal and things around here should uh, start becoming uh, more routinized, if you will. There should be more consistent timing with uh, what's going on and uh, I won't leave you guys hanging. But, um, you know, I'm really sorry about that. Um, My friend's dad, his name was Daniel Parker, um, and quite frankly, next to my mother-in-law, he was probably the kindest person I've ever known in my life. Just a straight up amazing human being. Um, and, um, his son, Tim was one of the original founders of Rotobon. Um, so, you know, if you love Rotobon, we all owe Tim a little bit of a debt of gratitude. He was our treasurer for the first four years. And he is one of the, um, one of the people I've been blessed to have in my life. And, um, we're going to miss your dad. Okay. Um, again, sorry to put this on a podcast like this, but it's the kind of thing where if I don't tell you guys, you're going to be wondering what the hell's wrong with Pete. This is what's wrong with Pete. So, um, again, uh, you know, apologies for the last month, really, but um, I've been getting pulled in a lot of different directions. Uh, I knew this was going to be a tough time just with the stuff we had planned with with my kids and stuff, but so much other stuff has come down. Uh, But um, really, uh, you know, the next 10 days, I think, are going to be the hard part uh, logistically, and then I should be back on the ball. So, um, I just want to, you know, say thanks to all you good folks for hanging with me, for being supportive, um, for everybody who sent a message of support, uh, and it's a good deal of you. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, to the folks who have donated to the Tagliere uh, family to help with what, with their future, um, I really can't thank you enough. So just know that it just, it means a lot to me for those folks who did that. And uh, you know, on another note. Um, I just want to say thank you for all of the unrequested donations to Rotobon. Um, you know, um, 
I've known going in that this was going to be a weird year with content. So I wasn't asking for donations because I just wasn't sure what kind of content I was going to be providing. Um, and, you know, the, the real rule of thumb here is that we'll, we'll take we'll we'll take our money at the end of the year if we do good work for you. Um, and that certainly is still the case. But for those people who just reached out out of the goodness of their heart and donated money to the site in August uh, and September, um, it, it was touching. I didn't expect it. Um, you know, there was, I, I want to say there's about 10 of you who did that. And um, I appreciate it. I know who you are. Um, and now, granted, about half of that money has been blown on DraftKings <laughs> because I just keep. You know, it's sometimes DFS is so cruel, right? I mean, like, I had some good lineups last week, and they got broken. Like, my bad lineups were bad lineups. But, you know, oddly enough, some of my good ones were Daniel Jones lineups. And he didn't do great, but he did well enough at the low salary where I had a good construct around him. Uh, but unfortunately, in both of my Daniel Jones teams, to get to that construct, I had to include James White who left after a couple plays, and on both teams, one of them I had Sterling Shepard, and the other one uh, I had Darius Slayton, you know, to have a little hookup, um, and obviously those guys both left the game like on the first or second possession, um, so both of my best lineups were broken with two out of the nine guys uh, going down early, so like, I, I, I can't win, I can't, I, I, even when I win, I, I somehow managed to lose uh, this year, and that's sort of been the story of my season, I'm probably cashing about 20% of what I'm doing right now, which is a little, a little harsh, um, I'm sort of glad I haven't been giving you guys recommendations uh, in that sense. Um, but uh, like I said, I do plan on getting my stuff together um, once I get through uh, these wakes and funerals. Um, and things will get back uh, to normal a little bit. Um, so as far as what we're doing today, um, I'm just going to go through each position. And we're going to talk about a couple of the names um, that, that I'm into um, well, you know, we're going to hit quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and then we'll get y'all out of here. This is going to take probably 10 or 15 minutes. And um, uh, before I get to that, um, one last word uh, on the intro. That was the Allman Brothers uh, with Ain't Wasting Time No More. And, and that sort of goes into what I was saying on Twitter for those of you who caught it about tags. You know, one of the things at this point, I mean, obviously Mike's gone, and, and that's like a heartbreaking, incredibly tough thing to deal with. But one thing that I want to do is to be more like Mike, to, to steal a line from the old commercial. And uh, I plan on being as relentless as I can possibly be and not wasting uh, time no more. And um, hopefully you guys will see that throughout the course of this year. Uh, I plan on digging in and doing some of the best content I've ever done. Um, and if I fail on that, please let me know. Um, uh, but I'm pretty damn serious about this year. I, I want to do good work, and uh, hopefully uh, you guys will see that going forward. Anyway... Let's talk about some quarterbacks. And really, you know, quarterback is not, you know, a, a super important position right now when it comes to, like, waiver wire and stuff. Um, you know, we've got plenty of guys playing well. The, the, the position is just so incredibly deep. I don't know if I've ever seen more, like, quality depth. Like, when you reach into the, the mid-20s and you're still like, hey, I'll play this guy. Um, so quarterback's just a friendly position. It's supposed to be. It's you know if you're in, in a league with a, if you're in a single quarterback league, obviously superflexes is very different. Um, uh, but when you see my waiver wire come out, you're probably going to be like, dude, how can Justin Fields be at the top <laughs> of the waiver wire? And he's up there with with, with Trey Lance, or at least I think they're going to be. Um, and and the point is really what I'm saying: the, the position's deep. Getting a passable QB is easy in almost any single QB format. 
Um, so what you really want are people who can move the needle above the pack. Um, and even though Fields stunk up the joint last week, and <laughs> we can talk about this, by the way. I mean, he did stink the joint up, but dear God, his coach is a absolute, just an absolute travesty. I, I <laughs> We're going to get into that when I finally post the Rotobot. I'm not going to waste time on it here, but Justin Fields' coach gave him no chance. I I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it, to be honest. It was it was bordering on passive aggressive. It was bordering on the coach seemed like he was trying to sabotage a player on his own team. I, I it was weird. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, my gut says that Nagy might not be here more than another couple weeks. If that's the case, new guy comes in, they unleash this guy, he's running all over the place, and we got ourselves something. So to me. Lance and Fields are still the guys I want in free agency at quarterback as, as stashes, as guys who could end up being my starter, right? If I just want a solid guy, the list just goes on and on. You know, Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, good options. Jameis Winston made me look like an idiot last week. Maybe maybe he's gotten some things figured out. I hope so, because I really like the guy. I've always rooted for Jameis. Um, you know, he's... He, he brings a little enthusiasm to the football field. I like the way he plays, but, you know, as we've talked about many times, the risk-reward thing. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, the years with Arians and Peyton are starting to pay off. I hope so. Um, but, the, you know, Zach Wilson is another guy. I still absolutely believe that he's going to do some really good things for fantasy. You know, for, for the Jets and winning games, you know, maybe not. The Jets are just, you know, the dumpster fire of dumpster fires. But uh, Wilson is a huge talent. Um, and, you know, I think what we saw the first week will ultimately be more indicative of what we see from him. Um, he needs to adapt to being on a bad football team. He hasn't done it yet. The Jets need to learn to protect him a little bit. They haven't learned to do it yet. Uh, granted, they have problems on the offensive line. Whose problem is that? The Jets, obviously. Um, excuse me, whose fault is that? Uh, the Jets. Uh, but just, again, when it comes to quarterbacks, for me, Everything is about the current paradigm, which is, is there's insane depth. So if I'm looking to add a quarterback, and uh, uh, look, if I'm streaming, I'm going to take the best streamer, you know, who's available for the week, right? But, you know, I'm going to look at matchups and all that stuff. It's easy. You're going to have, uh, in any 12-team league right now, well, let's put it this way, in every single 12-team league that I'm in, when I go to the waiver wire, it's like, oh, wow, options. You know, so, you know, if you guys are sitting there and you're, you're like, man, I don't know which guy to grab and play, hit me up on Twitter. I'll tell you what I think. But, you know, uh, you're going to I'd be surprised in most leagues if you guys don't find an option that you like. I really would. Um, so, again, when it comes to quarterbacks who I'm taking, who I think can move the needle, um, who I'm looking to stash for better days, it's Fields, it's Lance. Uh, and, and then at the top of my list for rest of the season, probably Carr and Darnold um, would be the two guys I'm most focused on. Um, but there's so many quarterbacks out there looking good. I, and for a long time, Rotobonners, you know I love Teddy Bridgewater. It was fun watching him beat the living snot out of the Jets. And he was barely, they weren't even using the big guns on the Jets. You know, they coasted to a shutout of the Jets. It's so sad for Jet fans, of which I am one. Um, okay, um, that's going to do it for quarterbacks. Again, if you, I'll be around tonight. Um, uh, for the rest of the week, I won't be around at night, but... Um, but tonight I will. So if you guys have a jam, if you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm 0-3 and I need to pick the right starter, hit me up and I'll get back with what I think um, of that particular choice. But let's jump over to running backs. And, you know, I think, you know, as we head into week four, running backs really is the place to be this week. That seems, well, it's really me. I mean, I'm sitting there like, 
trying to create drama. You guys all know who I'm about to talk about. It's Chubba Hubbard. Um, I'm not the biggest Chubba Hubbard fan in the world. I don't think he's a dog or anything like that. I think he's a decent back. Um, he's probably the guy you want. Um, I think certainly for this week, he's probably the guy you want. Uh, but, you know, I, and then look, sometimes I'm a little slow to give up on people, but I'm not, you know, as down on Royce Freeman as the Broncos. I'm not sure what happened to him there. You know, there were other backs uh, you know, I think practicing next to Philip Lindsay sometimes makes it look like you're not giving 100%. Maybe that's something to do with it. Um, but, you know, I think Royce Freeman, look, this is a 233-pound guy who, you know, is still in the NFL. He's a good college back. He's a three-down guy who can catch the football. Um, he can make people miss in space. There's a lot of things Royce Freeman can do. He can be a little bit slow to commit to a, a crease or a hole, and I, I think Probably that's where he's had the most trouble. It's probably why he's gotten more juice as a receiver than as a runner in his career. But quite frankly, I I feel like if you just get this guy into a scheme and and you know get him comfortable, you know that's an area that he can improve on. So to me, Royce Freeman, you know, if I had to choose a running back and you said you can have Hubbard or Freeman, I'd flip a coin. I think these guys are actually pretty close, especially if Royce Freeman can start playing, you know, intuitively, naturally. So. Um, I understand Hubbard clearly is ahead. He's the guy. They drafted him. But they, you know, they picked up um, Freeman as a waiver claim. Like, they wanted him. Um, and he's only been on the team now, I don't know, for three and a half weeks or something like that. It was early, it was, it was early September that they went and grabbed him. So, you know, the idea that Hubbard's ahead of Freeman right now, he, well, he's been there a lot longer than Freeman. Um, so... It, the point I'm trying to make here is I think this is an evolving situation more than people think. Obviously, we don't know how long McCaffrey is going to be out. The fact that they did not IR him, you know, that doesn't mean he's going to be back in three weeks or two weeks. It means that he's so important that they're they're keeping their options open. Like, to me, that's what that says. I, I wouldn't run and say, oh, McCaffrey's going to only miss a game or two. No, I think McCaffrey could miss five games. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if he missed five. And I'm I know that's bumming people out having me say that. Believe me, it's bumming me out too. I got McCaffrey on some of my teams, and this is crushing me. But to me, the non-IR thing was just more about hoping he can come back beforehand, and they don't want to find out that the guy could play after two weeks when they put him on IR, and now they've got McCaffrey you know, on the sideline when he could actually be in the game, and this guy's the straw that stirs their drink. So I think it's, 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 it's about the Christian McCaffrey paradigm within that organization that they chose not to IR him. Um, you know, the good news, clearly it does mean he could be back before the three-week time frame. There's no doubt that that's in play. Uh, but, you know, I think if it's just some, if it's just a guy, he'd be on IR. It's the McCaffrey thing that kept him off of it. Um, so, point being, the value of a Chubba Hubbard could easily be two or three starts versus maybe just one. Uh, and the same would go for Freeman if if he, he you know comes out and plays better. And I think that's where the rubber really meets the road. You know, this week would I go after Hubbard? Absolutely. Uh, a big bid on Hubbard and maybe a small bid on Freeman, something like that if I had two spots to burn or or whatever. Um, but I do believe that next week's game you're going to see probably like a 70-30 split Hubbard to Freeman, something like that. That's nothing but just a guess. But if Freeman does well with those 30%, we could be looking at 50-50, right? It could be, be 70-30 in the first half, 50-50 in the second, and then by the next week, Freeman could be leading the charge. It wouldn't surprise me. It's not the most likely way this is going to play out. The most likely way is that Hubbard maintains 
the lead role until McCaffrey gets back. But I think this is less defined probably than most people think, for what it's worth. So in deep leagues, I think a Freeman bid, you know, getting him for a lot less than, you know, while everybody else is throwing big money at Hubbard, you get Freeman on the cheap, not the worst move. If you're a McCaffrey team that didn't get Hubbard, grab Freeman. You may end up doing okay, all right? Um... The rest of the running back thing is pretty clean. You know, I think Zach Moss clearly has stepped up the last couple weeks. Again, even though Singletary, I think, is running well, Moss is the goal line guy. He's probably a better receiver. Looks like the back to own now. Um, Excuse me, back to roster. I'm trying to lose that word. It ain't easy. Um, None of the Eagles backs did anything last night. They literally ran the ball like three times between them. I've never seen anything quite like it. Um, They did play a lot. Uh, Gainwell was targeted uh, a couple times. Looked good. But, uh, you know, they they de-emphasized the run in a huge way last night. And it makes sense. The game got out of control uh, from the drop. Uh, I still think Gainwell is a really good add. Uh, I do think at some point he could end up morphing into a 50-50 role. It wouldn't surprise me if that happened. Um, and at the same time, like I said, you know, I, there, there's decent life in Sanders' legs. You know, this this backfield could break in a lot of different directions. Uh, but in in 12 team leagues, uh, I am not letting Kenneth Gainwell sit on the waiver wire, uh, and I'm not going to let Daryl Williams sit on the waiver wire either. Um, while I tend to believe in Clyde Edwards Hilaire, not necessarily. I mean, I, you know, I thought the Chiefs reached when they took him in the first round. I was blown away when he went in the first round, but. You know, it's an interesting situation with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't, I don't want to waste too much time on this because you, you can't pick up Hilaire. Uh, but, you know, I the, you know, the really interesting about the backs in KC is that they're all good. All three of them um, have potential upside. All three of them could be really good if they're getting 15 plus, 15 plus touches in that offense. Right now, Williams looks like the two with McKinnon as the three. So I'm rostering Daryl Williams where I have roster space. That's the short story. Uh, but the thing with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire... You know, they have never been able to integrate him fully into the pass game. And I don't, it can't be that he doesn't have the skill set. We have seen this guy run routes and catch the football. He's really good at it. He's not Damian Williams. He's not a vertical route runner. He's more of a horizontal route runner. He leaves guys in the dust out of breaks, right? His choice route is beautiful. He does. A, he can do a lot of stuff like that. And if you can just get him the ball in dumps in space, he'll make the first guy miss a fair amount of the time. He is a guy who can do a lot of those classic Andy Reid running back things in the past game. So why hasn't he been integrated fully? I don't know. It could be that they don't that he's not doing it right for lack of a better way of putting it. I tend to think it's more about the fact that his rookie year was a COVID year. It was weird. Um, you know, they you know, they were doing a lot of different things. They expected to have Damian Williams and he popped out late, if you recall. You know, he did the I'm not going to play because of COVID thing, and that left them in a bit of a lurch. Um, and they, you know, the way that they use Damian Williams in the past game is not the way they would use Hilaire. That may have had something to do with the way 2020 broke out. And then this year, Hilaire does his ankle in camp and doesn't really do much. So it's, you know, it's put, you know, the underpinnings of him as a receiver in the structure of the offense, they may not have had the time to implement a lot of that stuff you know, relative to what they should have had. And granted, I'm grasping at straws a little bit here, but so much of Hilaire's usage doesn't make sense if you look at the paradigm of Andy Reid over the last decade or more. Um, So for me, you know, 
one of these backs is probably going to become part of this passing game at some point. Right now, it looks like it, it will either be Hilaire or Williams. I think having, you know, they should both be rostered in 12-team leagues. I guess that's the point. Um, and we'll just have to keep watching. You know, this is a backfield we need to watch closely every single week to try to get a feel for what's going on, what the trend is. And if we really do get a feeling that they're going to phase Edward Solaire out, we try to move him before it happens fully. But right now, I think we should just keep ourselves in a holding pattern, uh, if that makes any sense. Um you know, other backs we need to talk about. Peyton Barber. Let's, you know, depending on the status of Jacobs. Look, <laughs> I've been telling people for a long time that Peyton, Peyton Barber is a better back than he gets credit for. We saw it last week. This guy can hammer between the tackles. He can catch some passes. He can knock a few guys over. He's not going to make a lot of people miss unless they're bigger than him. You know, he can make a nose tackle miss, but that's about it. But he is a good, solid, talented pounder. He's an NFL back. And if we know that Peyton Barber is going to be getting 15 to 25 touches, as it appears he will, in a Josh Jacobs-less backfield, then he's worth something. So hard to tell what kind of money to throw at him this week until we know more about Jacobs. But we now know that in the Raiders' backfield, if Jacobs is out, it's not going to be Drake. The pounder role is going to is going to continue, and it's going to be Barber. That's what we've learned. Um Cordero Patterson once again looked real. If he's sitting out there, uh, you know he can he can be a flex. He can be an RB two for you when, when you're in need. So at this point, he's a viable guy. Um, you know how long is it going to last? Who knows? But this is not a guy who's been hurt a lot in his career. So I you know I don't see any reason why Patterson can't hold up to the role. Um, so hey, I, I say buy and enjoy right now. Um, Rostering Ramondre Stevenson in deeper leagues, if he's out there, could make sense in that the Patriots just lost a running back in, in James White. Uh, Giovanni Bernard looked really good last week. If he's out there in a deeper PPR league, I might grab him. Uh, Marlon Mack, it looks like, is going to be on the trading block on the off chance he lands with an RB needy team. I mean, if a team trades for him, it probably will be an RB needy team. Um, you know, if if Mac is unrostered in a deep league and you have running back problems, he might be a guy to stash for the short term, just in case he gets dealt. Um, and, you know, Jeff Wilson's a guy who could be back in a month. Uh, and if the, if the 49ers don't get their situation sorted out, Wilson's a guy who could come back with, you know, say a... 30, 40, 50% share of that backfield at some point. He's got value uh, in 12-team leagues. Um, so there's some running backs out there worth chasing. You sort of have to you know, decide how you want to chase them and your ability to roster players um, and you know, maybe use the weight, you know, use IR, that kind of thing, could have um, you know, a bearing on who you can go after. Um, is there anybody I didn't uh, mention a running back? No, I think I hit most of the people that I really care about. If I missed something, and it's possible because I haven't done a full deep scour yet, uh, they'll be thrown in on the uh, on you know the waiver rankings that I throw up later in the day. Um, as far as receivers go, there's a couple guys I just want to mention. Um, it's a ton of receivers out there. You know, you you know how I feel about most of these guys. They're you know we've been talking about a lot of them, uh, but we talked about Marquez Valdez Scantling last week that his usage has been good, but they just haven't connected. Well, Rodgers hit him on a couple of nice balls, and they found a, an end zone connection. He was a solid performer last week. I think he's an ad in twelve team leagues. Maybe not a weekly starter yet, but I like what I'm seeing out of him. I was always concerned with his ball skills. It looks to me that his hand positioning on his catches, he used to be a scooper. He would scoot, He would have hands down when his palms should be up. He seems to have gotten past that, which I like. Um, you know, if he's out there in a deeper league, this is a guy 
you know, I mean, look, I wouldn't bet on him having a big year, but his upside is significant. This guy could be Aaron Rodgers' two receiver with a constantly doubled Adams, and this is a guy who can hit the deep ball. So um, I would want him rostered in 12-team leagues right now. I really would. And, I, you know, I think there's like a 30% chance he morphs into a weekly play. I really do. Um, so, you know, the, the thing about Valdez Scantling is he's got a great football body. He runs pretty good routes. He is very quick, sudden, big, long strides. There's a lot of things this guy can do with a guy like Rodgers if he'll just hold on to the football. So, uh, for what that's worth. Now, I'm not saying he's the number one pickup. I just started with him. The guys I really want to focus on this week, the guys I think who can help you a lot, are going to be... Tim Patrick, who looks phenomenal, and now, sadly, uh, Hamler's out for the year. So he's locked in as the third receiver, even when Judy comes back, if and when Judy comes back. And, you know, we're talking about Judy had a high ankle sprain. He, you know, he may be back in two or three weeks, but he might not be himself for quite a while. So to me, Tim Patrick's a guy, probably for the next month, maybe more, really very, very playable. Um, Curtis Samuel should be back pretty soon. Very explosive player and a team that needs an explosive player. I am stashing him anywhere I can. Henry Ruggs continues to look good, continues to have a role. His quarterback is playing well. I think he needs to be picked up in any 12-team league where he's available. Um, Marquez Callaway looked good again until Michael Thomas gets back. That's going to be a couple weeks. This guy's going to be a lead receiver. He can be a wide receiver three for you, I think, every week. Uh, we talked about Hardman. He Again, that volume is starting to kick in a little bit. He looked good last week. He should be rostered. Um, uh, Jacoby Myers is getting dumped in some leagues. He's below 60% now. I think he needs to be rostered everywhere. I think big days are coming from Jacoby Myers. Um, let me see. Um, again, I'm just trying to... I don't. There's guys I don't want to miss. I mean, obviously this guy, Nick Westbrook... Um, Ekine, whoever this guy is, is going to be a factor uh, for the Titans. Um, you know, you've got uh, Julio in a snap count, and now you've got AJB out. Um, so this is a guy with, you know, in, especially in deep leagues, you can get some production out of him next week. Um, uh, in addition to Rugs, I think Brian Edwards. We've been talking about him. I think he's a pickup. Um, I think Rashad, uh, excuse me, Rashad Bateman. Um, he's going to be back real soon. I think if he's out there in any league, I would absolutely be going after him. Um, Oh, and Jalen Rieger. Jalen Rieger is a guy who, you know, again, I thought he looked okay last night. He has been involved every week. It hasn't really, air quote, happened for him yet. You know, he had the, he had the really impressive touchdown week one. He had the touchdown called back last week. And then last night, and when I say last week, I mean week two. And then last night, he was, you know, he was out there. He was effective. He was probably their most active receiver. So, you know, to me, Rieger's a guy who could really take off. Uh, and I like having him stashed at the end of a deep bench. Um, I mentioned the injuries with the Giants. Kadarius Tony and Colin Johnson could both be pickups this week. Keep an eye on the Giants. Um, Josh Gordon could be a stash. He has signed with the Chiefs. He's on the practice squad. Um, I think that's the big stuff. I think those are the guys I really want to make sure um, that I'm sort of out there on. Um, you know, I think with the Dolphins picking, you know, if Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, if one of those guys is available in your in your league, grab them. But I think we're going to have to probably wait for Tua to come back for those guys to be worth, you know, a lot. Um, and that's that's pretty much it for receiver. Beasley's rostered over fifty percent. Emmanuel Sanders, good pickup. I don't know how long it's going to last, but right now you can stick that guy in there as a flex, and he could he can drop two touchdowns in the drop of a hat right now. So I think he's a good pickup too. 
Um, and let's just drop down to tight end for a second. I am running out of time. Uh, but there was some ag- – I mean, tight end right now is a streaming position if you don't have a stud. Um, but Kaseki was involved more last week. He may be a guy who's worth more when they've got the backup in there. Uh, maybe he's a little bit of a binky because all of a sudden he was getting action. Uh, now that two is out of there. So maybe Gusecki's a guy to play next week. I don't trust him as a weekly tight end one yet. Um, Evan Ingram looked good. Uh, he did have a fumble. He did Ingram-y stuff. But I was impressed with his routes and his quickness. So I think Evan Ingram would probably be the tight end I'd be picking up this week if he's out there. He's a stash. He's got high-end talent. It would not blow my mind one bit if Evan Ingram was locked in as a starter in most leagues as a tight end one soon. So he's probably the guy I prioritize of everybody who's out there in a lot of leagues. Um, Jared Cook is not a bad pickup. Dawson Knox is not a bad pickup. Uh, Both of the Cowboys tight ends are viable if you need them. Um, Conklin um, for the Vikings is a viable pickup. Um, But, you know, with the exception of Ingram and maybe Gusecki, it's not likely that any of these guys are going to become important, okay? So right now, just stream your tight end, do what you got to do. Ideally, you don't have to make moves at that position. Um, I will firm up the rankings on the tight ends um, with the final wire. Um, but again, right now, for me, Ingram, Gusecki, uh, and, and, and probably Conklin are the guys I would be focusing on rest of season. Um you know, and other than that, you're really just looking to stream. Uh, so that's going to do it um, for this sort of one-off waiver wire pod. Actually, I'm going to try to be doing waiver wire pods most week. Uh, waiver wire articles uh, are going to be few and far between. I'm going to stuff the waiver wire stuff uh, into the Rotobon articles that I plan on doing. Uh, but there will be waiver wire recommendations every week. It's just not going to be the intense, drawn-out waiver wire that you guys are used to seeing. Um, anyway. Um, any questions on any positions, I will be around tonight. Please feel free to hit me up. I'll get back to you. Um, and there will be more stuff coming later um, this week. I just don't know what the timing of it's going to be. Sorry about that, but it's as I mentioned earlier, it's just been a little crazy. Um, so, hey, best of luck with your bidding tonight. Best of luck with everything this week. I will see you soon. Um, and, you know, giddy up. Indeed, it's fun time, fun time.
rocking the shoe, shy, shy, shy. shy.